This Three Beards Media podcast is sponsored by Revelton Distilling Company. When Rob and Christy Taylor started following the Kentucky Bourbon Trail in 2012, they fell in love with not only bourbon, but the entire distilling process. Just eight short years later, in 2020, Revelton Distilling Company was opened, offering an entire family of products, including vodka, gin, whiskey, and Revelton Shine. Come visit the tasting room at 1400 West Clay Street in Osceola, Iowa, where you can sample one of their many spirits, including four gold medal winners. Can't make it to Osceola today? Not a problem, as you can pick some up at your local Hy-Vee or Fairway grocery stores. Follow Revelton Distilling on Twitter or Instagram at ReveltonDC or their website www.reveltondistilling.com. This Three Beards Media Podcast may contain mature themes, and if you're not down with that, we got three words for you. Like the podcast. Nailed it! Would you like to sample some of my nuts? Welcome back to yet another edition of Old Man Strength, a podcast of Three Beards Media and brought to you by Revelton Distilling Company. We are very excited that you are listening to us yet again. I am Tim Johnson, joined as always by Chris Shipley. Chris, how are we doing today? Not too bad. Uh, it's been kind of a crazy day. I got uh, siding going on the house. Uh, internet went down about five minutes before we started to record. So it's if my quality sounds like two tin cups in a string, that's because I'm running off my Verizon hotspot. So <laughs> you were also uh, watching some reality TV today, uh, as I understand it. No, I was I was working today. I was working diligently at my job from home. I was not in any way watching Love is Blind season three <laughs> on Netflix. I I. I don't even entirely understand what Love is Blind. I know that that you and Mikhail O'Neill uh Mackenzie have have discussed this I don't understand I blame Caitlin Caitlin started watching when she was living here and now I can't miss I can't it's basically these I don't know 12 men and women that uh date each other in this pod but they don't see each other so they're in these separate pods and they can converse and and they, you know, supposedly fall in love with the real person because you don't see what they look like. I, and then I, they propose. If if they propose, then they get a meet, and then they have thirty days to get married. Oh, see, I always assume that's how, how you and Stacy actually got together. Is that she didn't have to see your face before she finally fell in love with you? <laughs> uh, I mean, she saw a profile picture. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, yeah, so, no, I no, hey, hey, we we've all lied on the internet. I, I get absolutely. That. I I <laughs> I mean I don't listen. If you want to know the truth, I my profile picture was me in an Aeropostale shirt oh, playing Jesus. uh playing rock band with a fake guitar. So 
Oh my god! And I can't believe you're. I can't believe Caitlin let you do that. That's that's. Well, she was like, she was like, like seven. Yeah, which is still old enough to to defend. <laughs> I have no. I don't know. I I don't know how the apps work. Apps are for ugly people. I don't know how this works. So you're gonna have to tell me. Uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah. Anyway, uh, no, man. I it has been. Uh, it's weird. Like work has been busy, life has been busy. A lot of things going on. It's really exciting. We have a lot of really exciting things going on uh, at Three Beards Media. I, I hate to be such a, a shill right up front, but man, uh, we have been busy and it's been good. Yeah. So uh, Amy Addison, who was our guest uh, last time, has agreed to join uh, uh, Three Beards Media. She's going to have her. Her podcast, Hot Mess Happy Hour, uh, which I, <laughs> it just totally explains absolutely nothing. And then uh, I can't quite announce it, but we have a pretty big one coming up uh, probably around Christmas time. Uh, we're going to announce uh, probably our, our biggest one. So we're super excited for it. Um, but, you know, just plugging away, doing the best we can. So, yeah, you know, man, we continue to uh, exceed every expectation that I have had for us when it comes to guests and and this week is no exception uh honestly for a couple of idiots like us for to bring someone in that actually wants to talk to us uh so chris i will go ahead and let you introduce who we are we are talking to this evening right well typically sometimes we'll bring in professional people that that know what they're doing and then we can show them how absolutely much we don't know but uh Tonight's guest is uh, Andrew Downs, uh, Program Director, KXNO, uh, here in Des Moines, Iowa, and uh, I believe graduate of University of Iowa, which we won't hold that against him, but uh, I'm sure we'll have a lot to dive in for that, too. Uh, and uh, father of two and husband of of Judy, who uh, is a big, uh, kind of a big wig there in the Polk County Democratic Office, and uh, who I admire. So Andrew, uh, I, I always try to come up with some phrase that's related to, to old men, like, you know, welcome to the den or, but then things like, you know, welcome to the, to your, you know, your colonoscopy and things like that come to mind. Cause that's usually <laughs> what happens with old men and none of it sounds cool. So, uh, welcome to old man strength. How's that? Well, I know I, I appreciate you guys having me. Thank you. Um, I, I, I like that you waited until just after I turned 40 to invite me on. So it's like, I feel like I'm earning my old man credentials right now. <laughs> there you go. That's right. Your yeah. AARP cards in the mail here pretty soon. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, no, uh, Andrew, very, I'm very grateful that you've joined us. Uh, you're not our, our first uh, KXNO uh, guest. You're not our first kind of radio guest. Um, I don't know if any of your colleagues have given you any advice on joining this podcast they haven't probably don't um, even remember that they were on (laughs) (laughs) i have listened i have listened to those episodes and i'll tell you i won't be as outlandish as travis was i can promise (laughs) with the national brand (laughs) nebraska's a national brand yeah he's still salty about that oh i'm i'm no hey i can't be salty about something i that got proven right over and over and over and over again ever since that podcast landed i kind of feel i don't feel salty so much as vindicated and justified by by that 
<laughs> no, uh, Andrew, thank you very much for joining us. Um, you know, one thing that Chris and I get, uh, I don't want to say accused of, I think, um, told belligerently that we are a very one-sided podcast when it comes to mm. sports. Um, but I think we've done, we've tried to do our best to, to bring in other guests that, that aren't, uh, from our side of the fence. Uh, but it's, it's, to me, it's just generally weird because I live in a state of, of Minnesota where there's only one, you know, power five team. There's only, it, it it's a, it's a bigger semi, state, the bigger semi state. power five team. Well, well, <laughs> well, yeah, no, I, Hey, I don't think anyone in the Midwest right now, whether it be Nebraska or Wisconsin, like right now, the best team in the Midwest is Illinois, and that should make everyone feel ashamed for everything. <laughs> true. That's true. Yeah, so, so Andrew, uh, you know, you, you do bring a different perspective to, to Central Iowa, certainly to the Midwest, but why don't you take a second to, to introduce yourself to our guests that may not know who you are and what you're about? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's funny, you, you mentioned the the one school thing in Minnesota. I lived in Wisconsin for a short period of time. And that's, it's the same way there, right? A Badger fan, everybody's a Packer or Brewer or, you know, whatever. And it, it feels like that's in Nebraska and Minnesota. Uh, so I, I really like Iowa, how we have this kind of two-sided thing and, and, you know, with two major schools and um, that's, I love the Seahawk stuff. It's, it's a lot of fun. So, uh, anyway, I, I grew up here in Iowa. Um, I grew up here in the Des Moines area in Urbandale. Uh, I moved to Wisconsin when I was in high school. So I lived there for a couple of years and then I did go to Iowa. Uh, and I've been a Hawkeye fan my whole life. My parents are from Wisconsin and most of my family is from there. Uh, but my dad was a football coach in at Bettendorf, uh, oh, actually sure. when I was born. And they uh, interacted so much with like the Hawkeye staff under Hayden Fry. And those guys were so good to like the local high school coaches and things that my dad became a Hawkeye fan. And so that's how I was raised. Um, you know, I, as Chris said, I'm a father of two. I have a seven-year-old son and a three-year-old daughter. So that's where a lot of my time is spent. Uh, my wife has a far more important and impressive career than, than I have. Uh, and so I spend time, you know, helping her as much as possible as well. And then, yeah, I'm the program director of, of KXNO 106.3 uh, here in Des Moines and the producer of the Murph and Andy show, which is probably what I'm best known for, to be honest, um, is is working with Keith Murphy and Andy Fails every day, which is, you know, been the, the joy of my career and, and continues to be. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's that's pretty quickly who I am. You know, you you mentioned uh, uh, Bettendorf, Iowa. You, you mentioned Iowa football. Uh, I'm from Eastern Iowa, and the very first name that comes up for me is Taven Banks. Yeah, right. right? Like, like that to me is what I remember because I, you know, I was born in the '70s. I, I grew up in the '80s. I, I watched uh, that guy uh, play. Um, you talk about that pipeline of of Bettendorf to the to the Iowa football team, but I, for as much as as Iowa athletes have come up through, there have been a few that have, it's it's just been kind of fun to see uh, what that looks like over the years. Yeah, absolutely. That that's 
that's so much fun. And I feel like anytime, you know, we, you obviously want your teams to win and that's, that's really important. It's the most important thing is, as we all know, whether it should be or not, uh, we can have that debate, but um, when, when you see players uh, this year in, in women's basketball is, is the best example this state's probably ever had. There, there are two women on both on either team, right? Iowa and Iowa state who grew up in Iowa uh, who played, you know, Caitlin Clark here in Des Moines, Ashley Jones over in, in Iowa City area. And they are legitimately two of the best players in the country. They're playing for our schools. We saw them grow up. I remember when Caitlin Clark was named to like Team USA as a freshman in high school at Dowling. Um, and so we're, you know, seven years, eight years into following the the careers of these athletes. And it's so much fun to to kind of feel like you know them, know where they come from. Um, and, you know, Iowans, we, anybody who's ever lived here is an Iowan, right? Like we will claim the fame of absolutely everybody. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. We, we'll, still, you know, we'll put up, yeah, we'll put up statues of birthplaces of people who were born here. I mean, you know, Joe Burrow, he's right, an Iowan. Right. Uh, what's his, what's his, his name? Who, who, you know, what's his name? Exactly. Who played uh, uh, Frodo in Lord of the Rings. What's his name? Uh, yeah. Right. Like he lived here for yeah we all claim any iowan that we barely possibly can irene yeah, ryan exactly. who played granny on uh the beverly hillbillies we we still claim yes. her so yeah. yeah yeah johnny carson's another one johnny carson practically grew up in nebraska but darn it he was born in iowa so he's <laughs> that's right yes we have the, the birthplace of johnny carson that's yeah right. yeah no i remember when uh johnny carson was born uh chuck grassley was on like his third term as a senator <laughs> yep. bravo oh, Tim. Boy. That, was that was well done so you you moved to wisconsin when you were in high school uh i i, I gotta ask why did you move i mean what what prompted the move during high school and i can remember my freshman year in high school my my dad moved us to Phoenix and that I think is a really hard time to move right kind of in your high school career time because you know that's when you're starting to feel a little older you can you're almost to the point where you could make your own decisions uh you know you've got good friends you're going to start these these high school years are supposedly your, your best years of your life and then you get shipped and moved to a school you're not you don't want to be at you're not familiar with you're the outside guy and I mean, at least I got to go to Phoenix. You, you went to Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah, man, that it's, it is hard. And that, that's a thing, you know, that I think moving anytime when you're a kid is, is probably pretty hard. We moved uh, within Urbandale, but I changed elementary schools, right? Like after third grade. And I thought that was a big deal, but yeah, moving high schools and, and, and changing States, that's a whole different thing. Cause yeah, you, you've kind of built up this, you know, you, your personality, right. Your identity within this, school district and within this community and, and then you move and so on one hand you you kind of lose touch with a lot of that on the other hand you get like a fresh start you get to be the you know cool new kid at school and um all of that yeah, so we moved because dork you were that's how i felt yeah, that's right. how I felt. nobody <laughs> that's knew what, what a say. dork i was right. that's what i yeah, say about you, Chris, Andrew, he gets to be the you, new Andrew, dork i mean i, <laughs> no, I got but, made fun of i got teased a lot when i was a kid and to be able to move to another state and nobody knew me and for me to be able yes. to reinvent myself you had not embarrassed deal. yourself at any parties yes. or anything like that yet. You weren't the eight-year-old kid who picked his boogers. You know what I mean? Yeah, when you right. know people for that long, 
You weren't Tim. They remember everything. Uh, no, no, I was going to say, so now that you're an adult, you still get to be teased relentlessly by everyone who meets you. So fine. You know. I'm used to it, though. To it. <laughs> exactly. My wife likes me. That's it, all I do. built up. But, um, but no, I, I'm, I'm glad that, that we moved. Ultimately, A, I have a lot of really good friends still in, in La Crosse, Wisconsin, which is where I live. Um, it really widened my scope of, of the world and of life. I mean, you know, I've moved from one Midwest city to another Midwest city, but, um, you know, I've lived in a suburb of Des Moines where everybody was pretty similar. And again, I love those people too. And I, I, I live here now. I live two blocks from the house I grew up in. Um, but we, I, I was able to learn a lot in that move and, uh, and it, you know, shaped a lot of who I am. So I'm, I'm happy it happened. The weird thing is that my parents moved back to Des Moines after my younger brother graduated high school. And so uh, I don't really have any connection to the, my friends in Wisconsin anymore. It's been years since I've been up there. I need to get back up there, but it's just this kind of weird thing where, um, you know, I, I don't go back there for holidays or anything like that. And so yep. um, it's strange. Anyway, my dad got a job in, in Wisconsin. My dad was an, an educator. He was a coach at Bettendorf and a teacher. We moved, I was like two when we moved from the Quad Cities to Des Moines because he got a job at Urbandale High School. He worked at Johnson High School and in West Des Moines School District. And then we moved to Wisconsin and before he came back and finished his career uh, at Southeast Polk. So he, he, he decided to move for a chunk when I happened to just be in high school. So I can appreciate that. I appreciate what you said. Like my, my folks, I graduated high school in May and my folks moved away from my hometown in June. So I've never gone back for, right. you know, people always have these experiences of, oh, you go back. You know, Chris mentioned, oh, the high school years are the best years of your life. I've always appreciated that they weren't to me, that I, I had that appreciation because I know people, you know, I'm in my 40s right now. And I know people who still look back at their high school years as the best years of your life. I'm like, yeah, but you've spent the last 25, 30 years not in high school why have you been wasting your life for this entire time at, at this age four, four years goes by so quickly it's a blink i mean i realized this the other day that you know in a few months we're going to be three years since the start of the pandemic that's yeah. wild to me like yeah. yeah but but when you're that age and when you're young it feels like such a long time I, it's one of the things that i've thought about as a, a dad of kids who are in school but you know far from high school yet is to kind of make sure I hammer that home where this isn't your whole life. Cause it feels like it when you're in high school, it feels like that social scene is the most important thing in the world. And what those people think of you is so important. Um, and it just isn't, it just, you know, as you said, that's 20 plus years ago for us now. It's it. Uh, and, and so anyway, that that's something I really hope to instill in my kids is this thought of, who you are in high school isn't who you're always going to be because it does feel like that when you're in high school. It does feel like moving when you're a sophomore in high school is, you know, the, the end of your world. And of course it's not, you're a 14 year old idiot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if, if you live to be 80, the four years of your high school is 5% of your life. Are you going to really right. dictate the 95% of your life by the four years? But I, I do think there, there are plenty that, that certainly do. Uh, oh, and I had a great time in high school. Like, I, I don't want to like, you know, I had a lot of fun. I still have, you know, a lot of my friends are people I made, I met in high school. Um, so yeah, like, you know, to each their own, I hope everybody has their own experience, but um, yeah, I, high school is a good time. 
change I think is is I don't know I, I I seem to think that kids struggle a little bit more with it now than maybe we did I was much more resilient back then I mean to to move I don't know seven states away and not know anybody and and you know when you're moving from the Midwest to to, to a place like Phoenix I mean you're you're kind of branded as a bumpkin or you know as Ohio Idaho you know what what state are you from and I remember <clears throat> just moving from the south side of Des Moines here to Norwalk when my kids were younger and Caitlin was uh who's my second oldest was uh just going into eighth grade and she was like devastated because all her friends were in Des Moines and I was like listen like you you don't have a concept of what you still have you know social media and you still have you know phone calls and texting and whatever else I mean I, I moved away from friends that the only way to talk to them was long distance phone calls and that cost money. So, I mean, it wasn't like I could hop on a FaceTime and see my buddies, you know, or, yeah. Or, I mean, the culture, the that, culture shock you must've had. And yeah, that distance is wild. Cause at least I could drive back to Des Moines when I needed to, you know, we were four hours away. It wasn't that big of a right. deal. And it was right at the start of, I think uh, I had like AOL instant messenger, uh, <laughs> like my junior year of high school. And so that, that then I was so able old. to start kind of keeping in contact with people at that point. The only the only <clears throat> solace that I had was the first month that we had lived there was the uh the Super Bowl month that the that the Bears made it and and won the 85 Super Bowl. So that was the only thing that got me through that first month was was the the playoffs and and seeing the Bears win a Super Bowl. That was and and you're sending you're sending telegrams back to your friends. Right. Yeah, <laughs> right. I love it. Yes, right. it's a nineteen eighty five. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Nineteen eighty five. That's right. Good I'm old. Be I'm the older. Oldest, I'm the oldest I know. I remember. I did the Super Bowl <laughs> shuffle. Let's not pretend. Anyway. <laughs> I knew um, it. I knew it. I, no, I wasn't a. I wasn't a Bears fan. I. I no, I grew up in in eastern Iowa in this no man's land of all of my relatives. My on my mom's side were Vikings fans, mm-hmm. and then I all of my friends were Bears fans, and um, my dad was just an Iowa State fan and didn't care. He only liked individual players. So like, I I grew up wearing a a, a Packer jersey and a Joe Montana jersey and a whole bunch of other things because I was mm-hmm. a very conflicted, confused sports fan in Iowa. Um, Where did you settle? Uh, well, now, you a now, fan now that you're up there, I mean, I, yeah, I've been I've been in Minnesota now for 19 years, so uh, I was a very reluctant Vikings fan. I, I like I grew yeah. up, I grew up the the Twins were always my favorite American League team. Uh, you know, I, I, I remember watching the, the 87 series of, of the twins versus the Cardinals and, and rooting for them and the 91 series of the twins versus uh, the Braves and, and rooting for them. So I was always very much a twins fan. It, it took me about 30 seconds to become a full on twins fan when I moved up here. Yeah. Um, I was, I was actually a, a North stars fan. Uh, so I was angry about that. So I was maybe a little reluctant to become a wild fan but i didn't really have anyone else my wife at the time was a blues fan and i knew i couldn't like them um <laughs> uh you know from from basketball i was always i always rooted for whoever jeff Hornacek played for when i was a kid uh and and so when i moved up here and and freddie Hoiberg was on the timberwolves that made it very easy um, yeah 
Uh, but for football, I did not want to like uh, the Vikings for a long time. Uh, you know, and then that was the right instinct, probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like, I've, it would have saved you a lot of heartbreak. That's for sure. Right. It's it, well, it's funny because, like, I you know, I remember like. I, Sorry, fellow Vikings fans. I remember Gary Anderson. Like that one is going to, to you know, to hurt me. And and more recently, Blair Walsh. Yeah. Um, and a Brett lot Favre. of other things. But but like, well, it, I'm not even mad about the Brett Favre one. That one, it, that one is wasn't like a gimme. Like Gary Anderson didn't miss all year, right? No. Uh, yeah. And yeah, Blair Walsh, true. Blair Walsh mi- missed like a three foot putt. Right, like Brett Favre was trying to make something happen in the end of the end Brett zone. Favre like just that one, just, yeah, that was a Brett Favre. That was just karma. I mean, he's been known yeah. for that. Right, right, right. And yeah. so all of those, I certainly get. But like when I first came, you wouldn't you know, have like, wanted a Super Bowl with Brett Favre. Like right now, looking back, I don't think you would feel good about that. No, I don't. Well, but like everyone that that's been been a quarterback since I've been here, like I wouldn't have wanted a Dante Culpepper Super Bowl. <laughs> I would have wanted a Dante right. Culpepper anything. You want right? a Kirk Cousins Super Bowl? Oh, good lord! Uh, right? I mean, I can you imagine if Christian Ponder would have been like that? Would have been the Trent Dilferist thing to ever happen. If Rex he Grossman got the best. Listen, Super I, I, Bowl. I, I was right? just gonna say, I'd have took a Rex Grossman Super Bowl in a heartbeat. It wouldn't have bothered me one bit. Heck yeah! yeah. Well, that, that's that's true. The, the way I'd that took the city a Rex of Chicago Grossman went over Jay Cutler any day of the week. I, can I was gonna say, that. yeah, say the way the city of Chicago has shooted Jay Cutler like he's anything. Other than a meme is pretty impressive. <laughs> so Iowa fan, uh, I'd be remiss to not get. I I was thinking about this yesterday, and I held calling in calling in to to give my opinion because I wanted to hold it for you. So I oh, worked for you. my dad. I worked for my dad for several years uh, at our computer store, and at the end. I knew that the I, I knew that the writing was on the wall, right? Like I knew that there was we were not gonna make a go of this. Okay. And I remember my dad holding on and holding on because he didn't want to disappoint me and he didn't yeah. want me, he didn't want to have to tell me that that I couldn't work there anymore because he was just worried about me, right? Mm-hmm. And I, as his son, knowing what he was going through, went to him and said, Dad. I'm going to be okay. Like, really, you need to do what's best for you. I'm, you know, 20 some years old. I can find another job. You yeah. need to get out now before you lose everything. And I wonder sometimes if, if Brian isn't doing his dad a service by not going to his dad and saying, dad, I, I realize that you're getting a lot of heat because of me. I'll step aside so that you can move on and save face here and maybe you can you know get somebody else in here and take the heat off you and you can then retire on your own on your legacy instead of me dragging you down now i'm not saying that that's fair or not fair but as a son working with his father i almost feel like brian's doing him a disservice by not going to him and saying dad i'm gonna fall on the sword here for you i'm 30 some years old i can get another job somewhere what are your thoughts about that so I, I, 
I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I, I doubt that's happened, but I bet if it did happen, Kirk would not accept it, right? Like Kirk, I, I believe Kirk will get rid of Brian or Brian will find another place to go or whatever. However, that ends up looking, I believe I will have a different offensive coordinator next season. Um, Kirk made a mistake by doubling down on the offense after last year by making Brian the, the quarterback's coach by not going into the transfer portal to find another quarterback. Um, you know, some things like that. The, the offense was clearly broken to some extent last season. Uh, but the problem is I won 10 games and played for a big 10 championship and yeah, they got blown out in that game. And uh, because, it because wasn't they won in, like in some seven of, the wins. of those games by like three inches. You're right. They also, but, and, but that, that's how, and welcome to this Iowa State fans. Here's the thing, you know, Chris <laughs> Williams from Cyclone Fanatic and I have talked about this for years. You know, Matt Campbell and Kirk Ferentz are very similar. Maybe not people uh, and maybe not in, in some ways, you know, that, that are on the surface, but as far as their football philosophy, they are very similar. Oh, yeah, and sure. losing, yeah. losing four games by a total of 14 points is something you got to get used to because that's how every game is. These games aren't always fun. They're, they're usually anxiety ridden. Oh, we, and, we, you know, we, they, we, they, we did they, plenty of that during the Paul Rhodes era though. We, we had one season right. where we oh, had and, three wins and we should have been a bowl game. If we had won, if we had scored six more points, I'm not questioning, I'm not questioning the medal or the fortitude of Iowa state fans by any means. I mean, my <laughs> God, the things you guys have been through. Like the yeah, fact that I, you guys choose, what, choose that life. You guys for choosing that life. No, but like close games, these these types of games are how they want to play. And so um, anyway, back to, to Brian, you know, Kirkson's just not going to change things in the middle of the year. He never has. He never will to a detrimental effect at times. Right. Like we've had this isn't the first quarterback controversy where the guy who's playing quarterback is awful and everybody in the world is yelling to change quarterbacks and he just doesn't. This is like the fourth or fifth time that's happened in the 24 years under him. Um, the, the problem is they usually win a lot of games. You know, three of the last – two of the last three seasons, they've won 10 games. The one they didn't was the COVID year where they lost the first two and then won six in a row. Um, it's – their defense is so good. Their special teams are so good. The offense is broken. But Kurt just doesn't change. He's just – he's not going to fire anybody in the I, middle of the season. I, anybody. I, and th so the fact that it's his son makes it makes – it, it absolutely adds to the situation, right? It, it is a completely different thing. It makes it so complicated on so many different levels. Um, and it really makes it easy fodder for national media and local media and fans and, you know, everybody to kind of go after it. And that that's on them. They, they brought this on themselves. Um, I do think Kirk has earned the opportunity to try to make a change and see if he can rebound this. Uh, he's done it every time before. Um, if he, if he comes in the offseason and says, yeah, Brian's our offensive coordinator and we're bringing Spencer back for a COVID year, like that, that'll be a whole different situation. I think we have to give him the chance to finish a season, first of all. Um, a season that's been not great by any means, right? It's, it's a bad year. But I was not the country. They're, they're the worst offense in the country. Like, don't get me wrong. But things aren't as bad as they seem. Um, and hopefully he'll make the changes that, that you need to make in this offseason, and they'll be better next year. And I mean, they put the schedule out today. They don't play Ohio State or Michigan again, so you know, if they can win 
they could win 10 games next year and everything will be everything will be fine because okay. here's the thing it doesn't matter how you win the games and it doesn't matter who you beat <laughs> you win you win 10 games you're happy you have to be like, yeah. i mean i, no, I, think, I agree yeah i i think i think the thing that's rubbed a lot of people the wrong way iowa fans iowa state fans anyone i think there has been a um I'm just going to say it's been an arrogance when it comes to press conferences, right? When, when, when Brian is asked, have you thought about changing quarterbacks? And he says, what would be the upside? And you're like, well, you're dead last in offense. What do you mean? What would be the upside? Literally. And like, you could put my grandma in there and it would be just as effective. It's like, you can't say, well, we're going to be less effective with someone else. If you're not effective. Right. And, and I think that is the part that has, has rubbed people the wrong way more so this year than any other years. You can say nepotism. You can say Kirk doesn't make changes. I think it's been like a big F you to the fan base, frankly. And then it, and, and I know you didn't have as much of a big deal as a lot of other people did with it this week. But Kirk also kind of giving you a big F you to media saying, well, at least I don't have to have a job where I ask questions. Like, like it's been just a big fat middle finger to everyone involved that, man, I, I don't live in the state of Iowa. I'm not an Iowa fan. I really don't care. But that's also the highest paid employee in the state. Just yeah, the no, sheer it, arrogance is is been pretty ugly. And and the thing is, it's not any different than it ever has been, right? They the Ferences are prone to making gaffes, and by Brian and Kirk, they're they're prone to kind of getting snippy, uh, getting defensive, saying and doing things that come off the wrong way, or or certainly come off maybe worse than they intend. I didn't see Kirk put out a statement, you know, this evening apologizing for you know kind of doing what he did yesterday in the press conference you know kind of trying to clarify his remarks a little bit um i here's the other thing about me i i'm kind of a coach defender and maybe it's just because i've been an iowa fan my whole life i've had two head coaches in football my entire life and you know kirk ferentz has been there for my entire adult life Mm -hmm. um and i've i've also kind of branded myself as a fran mccaffrey defender for a long time um and I'll I'll go to, I'll stick with that till the day I die. He's a good coach, and and this program is in a good place under him, much better than it's been in a long time. Uh, but we can get to that <laughs> that later. That <laughs> I, so so I'm coming to it with that kind of bias, right? Like I love Kirk Ferentz. I like him as a as yep. a coach. I like yep. him as a dude. The times I've met him, the times I've talked to him, mm-hmm. I like him. You know, I like the the actions he takes for the most part. I like most of what he says. Uh, he is not a good. He has no sense of humor. When he tries to be funny, it comes off really badly at times. Um, that did not fly the, yesterday. The, no. the worst thing Kirk and Brian Ferentz have done this year in a press conference is, is, in a press conference is have to talk after losses, right? Like if Iowa is six and one right now, Kirk Ferentz could get up there and literally say F you to the media. And the fan base is like, eh, who cares, right? Hey, let's yeah. go, good old Kirk. Right, but, like, um, but I mean, like, but when Brian says, "What is the upside to trying a different quarterback?" Like, the problem I, is, I, the problem is, Tim. We we saw what the downside was on Saturday. <laughs> he had like putting a guy in at halftime 
at, at Ohio State is a rough spot. But literally, the first snap he takes, he fumbles. The third but, snap he but takes, the first, he throws a pick. But like the he, first snap that Spencer took was an, was an interception. That was You can't say that's so, a downside. That's an even side. That's not a downside. That's an even side. But there's no upside. But but there, but at that point, if you're if you're dead last, <laughs> if you are dead last, no, I, what I, is I, the upside? This is the part of the pod where I, I like to see Tim get and, all irate and, and, and crazy and, now. Well, and by the way, by the way, if you have the worst quarterback in the nation and your backup is the other worst quarterback in the nation, 100%. that's still on you. Like if I've if I've hired if I've hired a, I've hired a yeah. dummy to brew beer for me and then yeah. the and and I want to fire him and the other guy on my brew staff is a dummy I'm dumb I'm dumb don't you don't defend me never please please never defend me if I've made bad decisions right the the thing is there are two things can be true right everything you just said is exactly true the fact that Alex Padilla hasn't gotten a shot until now is a Kirk Ferentz problem. The fact that it appears Iowa has no competent quarterback is a Kirk Ferentz problem. The fact that the offensive coordinator is terrible at his job is a Kirk Ferentz problem. Those are all true. Those are all bad decisions uh, he he has made. And, like, I I have eyes. I'm not trying to defend what's happening this season. What, what I'm trying to do is pump the brakes on, like, the legacy talk or the uh, he he's not a good coach anymore talk, like, or the program is in shambles. And I'm not saying that you're doing that. What I'm saying is that's the kind con- that's the conversation that's starting to happen, at okay. least within the fan base. Well, my and- my my problem isn't Kirk Ferentz, it's Brian Ferentz. It's right. Brian, like, like, like what? But like- Greg, Greg Davis was a terrible offensive coordinator. See, and that's the thing. It's that is Kirk Ferentz. Kirk Ferentz A hired and trained and you know yeah. raised Brian Ferentz. So, like the fact that he has an incompetent offensive coordinator is his problem. Um, well, and Alex, Padilla, by the way, you put him into the worst possible scenario. It's not like you let him take a snap. I agree. Against, like I you, hope- you let him take a snap when you're playing from behind against Ohio State. I don't expect and him I, to do well. I didn't right? either. And, and I and I wish. At the start of the week this week that he's the guy he's going to play against Northwestern, you know, he's he's taking all the snaps with the ones. Uh, I think that's. I'll take the snaps this week. I'm not going to do worse. (laughs) I I hope it is. Um, But yeah. Well, and also, 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 don't don't throw your your college kid under the bus. Like that that to me was probably the most arrogant, most offensive thing. To me, most the most offensive thing is you're supposed to be a builder of young men. You're supposed to be a developer, and to in that press conference basically say. Why are you? At? That's a dumb question. I have a terrible person. Is it like that's essentially what it is? And I and I know that maybe he didn't mean it that way, but there's literally it's, like it's, three billion other ways to yes interpret that answer than the way that he maybe no. meant it. Again, it's the the Ferences do the they have these gaffes. They get snarky. They try to make a joke. They try to you know what I mean. They get defensive. They they shoot back. Um, they've both done this for a few years now. Cool, cool. You you pay me like a third of what they make, and I can also be terrible at my job and make gaffes in a press conference. I think I, again, I, that's the big thing. They're getting paid a lot of money, taxpayer are, money. But here, here's the thing, Tim. They they've done a great job up until now, right? Like Brian Ferentz has done a great job up until now. 
he's even, done a he's even done a, even no, even no. last year when they had a good season. Would you say they had a good offense? No, no. But so he has was, not done a good job of until now. Okay, I'll give you that. You're right. He's not. He has never been a great <laughs> offensive coordinator, right? No. I should say the results. The results have been very good, literally until this year. Yeah, yeah, like the the last and and fair. so, so it's hard to. It's hard to now think in reverse and say, well, we were really mad about this in, you know, 2019 when, yeah, we won nine games, but it wasn't or 10 games, but it wasn't the offense wasn't as good as we hoped it would be here. You know, I really thought this last year when we you know, had a four game winning streak to end the season, you know, it, it, against all your biggest rivals like that. The, the problem no. is the results have been good. No, 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 no. I can get fired from my job when we're making a ton of money. I have never once had a job where I couldn't get fired even when the company was making record profits. Brian Ferentz can get fired for being bad at his job when the company is doing well. He is not immune from that. I'm not saying that he is. So I'll I'll chime in with a couple things here. Surprisingly enough, Kyle Lehman, who is one of our sponsors from Wintrust Mortgage, tweeted out eight minutes ago, who's an Iowa fan. So this tells me that that Andrew has probably got the pulse of Iowa fans. His exact tweet is, <laughs> it is unreal how quickly everyone turned on Kirk Ferentz. I'm not going to say what he said was reasonable, but if Iowa was 6-1 and one and he said the same things, no one would say a dang word about it you'd all be ready to fight someone on Kirk Ferentz's behalf. <laughs> so how, how crazy is that? Uh, but I think the problem with Kirk and, and, and a lot with Brian is, is their old school, gruff football, old school mentality. I don't think they know how to kind of lay a joke. That joke fl- fell flat yesterday. I don't, I, I just got the impression like, you're sitting at the dinner table with your crazy uncle and he lets off some inappropriate joke and everybody's looking at him like that. You, you just need to be quiet. Like that was something you did not need to say. I think he really generally was trying to make a lighthearted joke and it fell flat and people ran with it. <clears throat> Brian, on the other hand, I think Brian is so irritable that he just doesn't, he doesn't have a filter. He doesn't know how to clean things up. So when he was asked, What's the upside? What's the downside to starting him? I think in his mind, he thinks, well, I've seen this kid play in practice. He's terrible. I can't say that, right? He can't say, I'm not going to put Padilla out there because he's really bad. Yeah, but he, what he said was hold worse. On, he can't, <laughs> but he can't say that. And I think his he just glitches when he's like, I don't, I don't know how to answer this question. So I'm going to give a snarky answer, right? Like I... But if There's you're not no, good at your okay, job so and you're not you good in front of the press, what, what are you what are you getting paid what for? What answers what answers should he have given that would not have sounded like a complete jackass? And here I am, believe it or not, defending Brian Ferentz. Okay, okay. <laughs> you you want to know how I answer that? Answer? Well, I, I I Tim. Okay, okay. Here, here, what's here's the upside to, to Okay, what's the upside me. to playing him when when you know this kid's gonna get out there and he's gonna play just as bad, if not worse? Okay. Ask, so, you know, uh, we are constantly evaluating the performances of our quarterbacks and what assets they bring to the team. And you just give a bullshit answer like that. You don't have to actively say something like, what is the upside? 
like you don't have to be a dick. You can give a vague political non answer because that's all Kirk ever does. That's all so many unless unless your name is Mike Leach, you have you have given a billion non answers for 20 years of your career. This is where the, we're at. I've now on a Brian could Brian, Brian could have said I love it. I've 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 accomplished my goal. But Brian, <laughs> Brian could have said, you know, we are constantly evaluating the performances. I appreciate that that the fan base and everyone in the media is certainly wondering what is going on. And, you know, that's between the coaching staff and the players to determine okay. who is game day ready. That's what What's you have to say. Between that? What's the difference between that and what they've been saying for weeks when they say, because you know, when, we, because watching, when you say we're what's basically the watching practice and we know that he's not doing very well. Okay, fine, fine. What I, what, what I said, didn't throw my player under the bus. What I said, there's not a single person that would have said, Oh, I, like you're actively saying this guy is terrible and there's no upside. Okay, fair you're given a neutral answer because it's it's because it's a kid. So right? we agree that Brian Ferentz needs to lose his job this year. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Thank yes. you for bringing us back. Even Andrew. though. <laughs> yes. It's good thing. And that's, I, I do think it'll happen. If if it doesn't happen, then uh, that that'll change my opinion. Circumstances change. Um, I, I can't imagine Brian Ferentz as the offensive coordinator next season. I think at best he's the offensive line coach, which would be great because they need a good offensive line coach back. But and he, and he was good at that. I guess my, I guess my one question is, is I, I don't think that Kirk needs to, and, and by the way, I, I, I agree. Uh, Kirk should not get fired. I'm not on the fire Kirk train. I think uh, Iowa fan. I mean, dude, I've heard so many people say that Matt Campbell needs to go after this this season. It's it's dumb. It's crazy. The, it's you, dumb. These programs have to be allowed to have a bad season now and then. It's just going to happen. Like the, these teams are never going to win ten games every year. They're never going to. You know, I mean, it's yeah. These are they yeah. have to rebuild. Sometimes you're going to miss on recruits. Sometimes guys, mm -hmm. especially now, guys are going to transfer out sometimes and then change the entire trajectory of your season. You don't, um, but you don't have it just, to. It has to be okay. But you don't have to fire someone to make a change, right? No, absolutely like, not. Like, like, like Matt Campbell doesn't have to fire anyone to make a change at special teams. There's a big miss on special no, teams at Iowa he State. Needs to hire somebody. He needs to yeah. hire someone, right? Right. He doesn't yeah. have to. He doesn't have to fire Tom Manning to to Brian will make, be to, to make sure year. that Iowa State there doesn't run up the middle from shotgun on third and long every single goddamn time. <laughs> like, like, like. Iowa you don't State's have to fire new Tom special teams coach Brian Ferris. Yeah, you you don't you don't have to you don't have to to fire someone to make some of those changes. Like we we see this yeah. all the time in the NFL. All the time in the NFL where and uh, the offense isn't going right and the head coach takes over play calling duties or they they change something or they they make a, a, an analyst up in in the booth make a, a change or they send the offensive coordinator up. But like like there are other changes that need that could be made that don't have to be fired. So this idea that Kirk doesn't fire someone in the middle of the season. Well, he doesn't have to. But when your season is imploding and you actively look like you're not trying to do something different, it starts to feel like he's phoning it in. Yes. I mean, you, but again, this, this is like the fifth time in the Kirk Ferentz era that this exact scenario has played out. So it's, I guess it's just like, yeah, it's it's kind of like, you know, reading, it, really, it's like being on the radio every day or, you know, reading these columns or, it's just, 
it's we all yes i agree we all know like it's you're just reiterating the same things over and over and it's all true like yeah the offense is awful i would like to think that they are actually trying to change things right i'd like to think that there are changes happening behind the scenes whether that's you know play calling or or whatever that is um it's baffling to me that they haven't tried a different quarterback it's baffling to me that they haven't tried some different things they obviously feel like they're a touch away it, nobody else feels like that. Um, so yeah, no, they're, they're certainly in trouble right now. I'm not saying it's all, you know, hunky dory. Um, I'm okay with uh, accepting. And I, I, like, I don't love, I'm not happy right now as an Iowa fan. This isn't fun for me. Like I don't, <laughs> none, none of this is fun. Right. Like the worst part about my job is that. Hey, not only can I not block it out, I have to, you know, watch the game closely. I have to talk <laughs> about the game all day Monday, and you know, I, <laughs> yep. like I have to. It, you have to give a Iowa shit. Fan, yeah, I want to. I want to turn a lot of this noise off. I don't want to read national columns or listen to podcasts where they're they're bagging on Iowa, but I have to because that's part of my job, and like I just have to be embroiled in it. Um, and so, but anyway, like it's just, I, I acknowledge all of the things that everybody says. I hate it too. This is frustrating. It's awful. Um, I guess I'm just, I look at things, I try to have a different perspective and look at things like, okay, even if these next five games are awful, it's one bad season, things can change quickly. We've seen it before. Um, and you know, in my mind, as you guys have said, Kirk Ferentz has earned the right to, to try to make those changes. Will he, I don't know. Can he, I don't know. Um, if he doesn't, what happens, it'll get ugly. Cause I don't know if Gary Barta has the capability of firing Kirk Ferentz. And so, you know, people have to step in, big changes will have to be made and the types of changes that just haven't happened at Iowa in a really, really long time. Um, and so it's, it's wild to me how quickly a lot of people have jumped to the, and, and it's less fire Kirk Ferentz because that's prohibitively expensive. Yeah, is it um, like $42 almost, million almost, or something like yeah, that? Yeah, I think it's four, $42 yeah. million after this year. So, like, that's almost certainly not in the cards. Um, but this, just even the thought of, like, pushing him out or even the thought that this is, like, a tarnish to his legacy. Maybe it ultimately will be. But, like, like having one bad season isn't a tarnish to, to a legacy. If, if, if it all ends up going downhill and the offense is even worse next year and they lose a bunch of games and he, he heads out the door – you know, after I mean, several losing seasons with the cupboard bear, that's a different story. We're we're seven games in to a, the first bad season he's had in a decade. It's just way too early to start talking about things like that. It's just we I, have I know, to I'm, allow I'm, it to play I'm old, out. I'm old enough to remember the end of the Hayden Fry era. And don't get me yeah. wrong. Like Hayden Fry took the like the team that set the record for the consecutive seasons without a winning season. And in in three years, turned them into a Rose Bowl team like Hayden Fry is is as much as I hate to admit it. I never wanted to admit it. Hayden Fry is is a legend. But I remember the end of the Hayden Fry era when everyone said he has been here too long. He is he he, he's done. I mean, it's almost kind of like Bill Snyder in a way where. Yeah. Right, and they're yeah. Gary the Patterson same TCU. That just happened, Gary, right? Right, right. Where, yes, you have made us who you, who we are. Thank you. Move on, and I, and I, I'm not saying that Kirk is there, and like you said, he has owned his 
Like it, his, his, yeah, his it, destiny is his. Yeah, it may get there. Uh, yeah. It felt like this in 2014. 2014 was at the end of that season, which again was a seven and six season, uh, but yeah. they lost the bowl game. And that was the first time I, as an Iowa fan, was like, eh, this is, this is, it might be time to, to do something different here. This isn't working anymore. Yeah. Um, and then they followed up with the best season of my lifetime. So, like, it's that, that the only thing I'm, the, the voice I'm trying to be in Hawkeye Nation right now is just, hey, take a breath, pump your brakes. We don't know. Hey, we don't even know how this season is going to play out. I, I don't believe the offense is going to get any better. I don't believe I was going to win the next five games and prove us all wrong, right? And, and at the end of the season, we're all like, man, Kirk and Brian were right. You know, Brian Ferris, <laughs> let's, let's keep – like, I don't think that's going to yeah. happen. But we just – there's it's just way too early for a lot of the talk that's happening out there right now. Um, and it's hard to then – yeah, because I've, I've dealt with this with, as, as a Fran McCaffrey defender too, where it's like I'm trying to defend something on the macro while things on the micro are falling apart. Um, right. And I, that's just kind of how I try to think about everything, I think. And, and again, I am kind of a coach defender. I am kind of a, a company guy when it comes to my sports teams. Um, you, you know, Homer. it's just – Right? Exactly. I'm a homer. Absolutely. <laughs> Wisconsin, Aaron Rodgers' voice, relax. <laughs> relax. Right. All right. No, well, I appreciate that. I, we have beat that that horse to death so why don't we go ahead and take a break we're going to grab a word from our sponsor uh revelton distilling and we'll be back with andrew downs here in a second it's fall it's football and no better time to celebrate those victories or soothe away those losses like a drink from revelton distilling company imagine a cool crisp saturday morning at your tailgate Friends and family enjoying a quick morning cup of coffee spiced up with Revelton's Whiskey Cream and Liqueur. Their cream liqueur is made from a three-year-old Iowa corn bourbon whiskey with a cream and notes of chocolate and honey. Wow, does that not sound like the perfect way to begin a day watching your favorite team dominate on the field? Then after the game, sit back and relax with one of a kind, honey old-fashioned with Revelton's Honey Whiskey. Oh, and something new and exciting is on the horizon. So be sure to check out all their updates on their Twitter or Instagram page at Revelton DC. Welcome back once again, in case you've blacked out, you are listening to Old Man Strength, a podcast of Three Beards Media. We have a lot of great content at Three Beards Media between Sigh of the Storm or Fill in the Blank with Anya or bitter units or what what am i missing chris uh hot mess with uh hot mess happy hours coming up so absolutely yes one. yes the new, the new podcast the, hot mess the happy boys hours. are on a break the, <laughs> the boys at <laughs> ws twin warriors are on a break because they found girlfriends at school so they're on a break <laughs> oh boy uh i i can yeah so can, can only imagine. Well, excellent. So you are listening to us and we are joined again by Andrew Downs. Uh, Andrew, we're going to switch gears here. We're not going to harp anymore on Iowa football and all Thank of the, the challenges there. Uh, I reserved <laughs> right football back. time now. Baby. No, <laughs> <laughs> Nobody um, wants to hear that. No, 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 I no. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna take a very large pivot here. So, so you know, I'm I am the father of 
uh, an elementary age child. Um, uh, we'd kind of talked a, a little bit ago about, you know, things changing in the pandemic. Um, uh, you've now got to be a parent both kind of in the heart of the pandemic and schooling and now on the other side. Um, uh, are you as exhausted as I am? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and yeah, it's it's one of these things where you, you come up for air once in a while and it's like, holy cow, uh, you know, everything is just constant. You feel like you're always running to the next thing you're always anytime you take time off or you know take a break it's you know, at the expense of something else or there's always something to be done right it's um and, and so yeah you wonder if it's has it always been like this has it always felt like this is this unique to us or, or this situation um but yeah man it's it's a lot it's it's great you know it's the best thing ever it's a lot and, and it's um and it's in a world that like we didn't necessarily grow up in. And so, you know, I'm that like quintessential millennial, like the elder side of the millennial, right? I'm like as old as you can be and be a millennial. So like, I didn't grow up with social media, but I, we had a computer in my house when I was in middle school. Right. And like, mm -hmm. I took computer classes, like where as my brother, who's five years older than me, didn't have a computer in his classroom at high school, yep. you know? And I, yeah. and you know, by, by the time I was a, as freshman in college, everybody had a cell phone. So like uh, trying to now navigate that, having not really lived it myself as a, a seven-year-old, you know, my son wants to watch YouTube. He like, he, he wants to be a YouTuber, right? Like that's, that's his, his goal in life. And if, if we let him, he would just watch YouTube all day or play these video games. Um, he already wants to get a phone. He already wants, you know, this, this kind of life online. Yeah. that didn't yeah. exist when we were kids and and exists now to some extent but you know for for us like this is the extent right like i don't i don't broadcast my entire life whereas a lot of these people do and so it's a it's an interesting time to to kind of try to navigate through all of this stuff and again i i have a feeling it's always been like this to some extent um it, you know the, the challenges are different but they're as numerous uh, as they might have been for our parents or, or things like that. But um, it's, <laughs> I am as exhausted as you, is my very long way of answering that question. <laughs> I mean, yes. I mean, our parents did have to worry about the number of razor blades that might be in our Halloween candy. Whereas <laughs> we have to worry about how much fentanyl might be in, in yeah. our kids' Halloween candy. <laughs> that free fentanyl that they're just giving away. Uh, I, I always told that, uh, my kids i said one of the a lot of the things are still the same as a parent the difference for you guys is is that the majority or some of the mistakes that you guys make unfortunately can be broadcast so quickly and and more people know about it and that's a hard line to 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 teach them where that's at right uh i, I mean remember vaguely having a a conversation with Caitlin one time about something and, and her world was going to be devastated. And, and I was like, listen, I, I, I probably did the same exact thing. Uh, just two people knew about it, me and, and my dad, you know, yeah. as opposed to it's and, and, the, and then 30 years later, I told everyone on a podcast about right, it. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Cause the, the sting was over by then. Uh, the embarrassment was over by then. But I think, I think the basic, things that you try to do and try to raise your kids in 
don't really change, right? The the values and of of kindness and yes. and the biggest thing for me was I always told my kids that the voice that's inside your head is never going to steer you wrong. That's always going to be able to tell you what's right if you listen to it. I mean, the temptations and the, and the pressures out there to, that hit you to not listen to those are a lot more. But if you listen to those things, it'll it, it'll show you the right path. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's um, it, it is just such a constant kind of vigilance thing of you know constantly trying to to talk to your kids. Like one of the things I'm very conscious of is I have a really good open relationship with my son right now. Now he's a second grader, right? So mm-hmm. the fact that he tells me everything and you know, confides in me about, you know, all his social stuff, even stuff he like doesn't talk to my wife about. Uh, I'm like, I'm very happy about that. And I'm, I'm always trying to like walk this line of, you know, being his father and a disciplinarian and as much as I have to be and stuff like that, but also trying to maintain that relationship where he feels like he can talk to me about things and, and problems because those, those things and those problems are going to be a lot more difficult in a few years than they are right now. And, so, you know, hopefully, you know, my actions now of, of kind of accepting his faults and things like that uh, when he's this age will allow him to continue that relationship with me later. And, and then the same with my daughter. She's just she's younger. Right. So she's only three. It's this weird thing where now I'm having the relationship with her that I had with him, you know, four years ago. It's, it's really fun. Uh, and I imagine things are going to be even more complicated uh, when when she's a little bit older. So um, Girls it's, are it's this. It, I, it seems like it. I, I, I think um, they are. And they also. I mean, to be like fair, Chris, you're confused by girls in every sense. So. <laughs> well, like I didn't grow up with any sisters. I have three brothers, so like there oh, were no no girls in my house, right? So like my wife is the. I mean, my mom, but like my wife is the first girl I lived with. My daughter is the first girl, you know, the second girl I lived with. So like, I, there's a lot of that kind of stuff that I'm I'm navigating as well. <laughs> it's it's not easy it, that that's for sure but you wouldn't want it to be right like that's the thing it's no oh that's, i don't know I, great... I could... <laughs> it, it could be a little I mean, easier there's a whole episode out there about my first one so I, i'll tell you right now <laughs> no, I, I would have much rather had yes. it a lot easier but as a matter of fact i she's 27 years old i have to log in and pay for her cell phone bill still today. <laughs> i'll tell you everything you need to know about that at least she's talking to me right now so does does your seven year old understand that you're a a like a, a, a I don't want to say celebrity, but you're a known entity. You're somebody that that people know of because of of being in journalism and being broadcast over the. They know. they they hear me on the radio. They um, right. So like sometimes when we get in my car and turn it on, it's my voice that's coming over the air. Right, be, be it a promo or commercial or some sort of, you know, it's probably not a pre-recorded thing, but, you know, every once in a while that, um, and so, but to them, it's, it's pretty normal. Um, my son thinks that where I work, he thinks I work in the KXNO studio, like all the time in the KXNO studio, we've got a little play school basketball hoop. We've got a little putty green, <laughs> right. We got a little football and a soccer ball. And so like in his mind, I go to work and I just sit in that room and I throw darts and I play basketball and I talk on the radio and then I, I come home right and, and you watch um, love is blind season three yeah exactly which is funny <laughs> it's when highly you said recommended, blind, I know. 
when you said love is blind at the start of this, I was like, oh, I don't think I've seen that. And then you explained what it was. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah, I have seen that. I saw you shaking um, your head when I started explaining yeah. Hodge. You were like, oh, like yeah, oh yeah, yeah, I, know yeah. That show. I, I remember that show. Um, <laughs> it's, it's super addictive. Um, but no, anyway, and then it's to the point now where um, every once in a while, like if we're somewhere and somebody comes up to me or like more often than not, it's, it's my son's friends, dads, right? So like I go to soccer practice and so uh, you know the guy oh, and so he sees that a little bit more but they don't think it's cool or like anything you know what i mean like charlie thinks where our work is cool because it's got that kind of stuff and because i'll bring them in and i'll turn on the microphones record them and stuff like that um so they think that part of it's cool but no they, they don't really i, I remember thinking my, of- my my dad's job was cool because there was a a, a xerox machine and uh a uh right soda and there was like bottles of soda there so we used to go when my dad was principal at johnston high school and he would take us to work on saturdays like when he would have to go in and do something he'd take me and my brothers and the fact that you could like go into an like the front office and call one of the classrooms on the phone <laughs> we would just that's all we would do right like, oh go, go to room 302 and then you know you call and oh hey oh. like you yeah stuff like want- that yeah so everybody thinks it's cool what, what did you, you want to do? a lot better on? childhood I did. I uh, I used to have to go haul sheetrock and go to the the truck and get the tool and get you. Well, that's because you weren't a good kid, though, Chris. That's <laughs> no, but Andrew, um, what, what do you want to do? You gotta, you gotta yeah. shit on my memories. I I don't know. I I never really wanted to be anything. Really, I mean, I guess the thing I wanted to be more than anything was I uh, once I like got to the age I could kind of understand it. I wanted to be a music producer. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to, to like, you know, sit at one of those boards and help bands or artists or whatever make music. Um, I used to do some of that stuff on my own. Uh, there was this program, a computer program called Acid Pro, where it was like a music production program. And I, I used to just mess around with that for hours and hours when I was in college. But I like, I never, I never really thought that was possible. So I never really went all into that. Um, I went to college. I was a history and political science major, and that's mostly just because those are the things I liked. Uh, I never really had a career path out of that. I realized I didn't want to be a teacher, um, mostly because my dad was an educator and I didn't want to be a superintendent. I knew that. And so I figured why enter a field where I don't want to be, you know, the highest job possible. Um, I regret that sometimes now. I think being a teacher would be cool. I, I, I do kind of there, there's a part of me that wishes I would have, I would have gone that route. I think I would, I think I would like that. Although these last few years would have been really hard, I'm sure, uh, as they are for for a lot of teachers. But anyway, um, I've never been like a planner, right? I've never had. I I, I hate when I'm asked like, "What's your five year goal?" or things like that. I don't. I'm not a goal oriented person. So like growing up, I I would think I would want to be things, and then I'd be like, "Oh, you know, being a police officer would be fun." Yeah, I'm like eight years old. Like I'd, I'd like to be a cop. And they'd be like, eh, then you have to write speed tickets all day. I'm like, oh, that would suck. <laughs> I could always find I could always find something about every job that I didn't want to do, right? And so yeah. I just never had settled on anything. Um, so I completely fell into radio. Like the the fact that I and then I just happened to be good at the the technical aspect of it. Like that's why I am where I am, is because probably because I'd spent so many hours kind of messing around with audio and, and editing things and just kind of playing with that stuff. Um, uh, I, I, you know, you talk about your, 
you mentioned your daughter, Chris, at some point. And like when I was 26, I moved from Iowa City back to Des Moines and I, I moved in with my parents and I didn't have a job. I was just, I had finished school and I was just working in Iowa City. And I, I went to, I went downtown one night and I was like, you know, 24, 25. And I felt old as hell, right? Because in Iowa City, you get in the bars when you're like 19. Yeah. And I was like, I, I can't yeah. live here anymore, right? So I moved back to Des Moines without a job, without anything. And I started working at Half Price Books in West Des Moines full time. I was just doing that. And that was fun. Like, I, you know, I like being in a bookstore. I like books. Um, you know, I could still be doing that. But anyway, my dad was like, what do you want to do? And I said, you know, I've always just liked audio. I've always liked playing around with this stuff. And Joel McRae, who's still my boss, is the the division president here at, at iHeart Media Des Moines. Um, my dad knew him a little bit because his kids went to the school where my dad was superintendent. And my dad was like, I think I could get you a lunch with this guy from in radio. I was like, all right, cool, let's do that. And then uh, so I'm, you know, Joel was nice enough to let me come in and I had lunch with him. He brought me around the studio. And that day I met Ross Peterson and it just so happened that Ross used to hang out with my older brother when they were both <laughs> college age. When my brother was at Grandview, he played baseball with some of Ross's high school buddies and they used to hang out. And I looked like my brother and Ross was like, hey, do I know you? And it was, we made this connection and like Ross just took me under his wing right away. He was like, so I, I mean, I, I was at iHeart. Like, it was clear channel back then. This is 2008. Um, and I, like, I wasn't hired. I wasn't getting paid. I quit the job at half price books because I had this opportunity and I was lucky enough that I lived with my parents. So I didn't have to pay rent. I didn't have to worry about any of that. And I basically worked unpaid in radio for a few months before they finally hired me part-time and, and let me come in and, and do some things. Um, and so I'm like the quintessential, it's who, you know, uh, not what, you know, and like, yeah, again, if I didn't have my parents' ability to, to kind of put me up in my mid-20s and let me find myself again. Uh, I have no idea where I would be right now. I just I just fell into this. And then, yeah, it just so happened when I sat down at one of those audio boards that I still sit at every day with, with Murph and Andy, it just all kind of made sense to me. It all just like clicked in my brain. It's how my brain works is how these knobs and buttons, and it, like it, it didn't take me long at all to figure it out. Um, I liked it. I still like, that's still my favorite part of my day. My job has gotten much more complicated over the past 15 years. And, and there are parts of it just like everybody's job that, that absolutely suck and that I, that I hate. Um, sure. But that part of my job, I still love like every day, even when I have to talk about how bad I was at football or you know, stuff like that. It's like <laughs> to be able to sit at that board and like have control of the station. And and then the fact that I get to talk to, you know, some of my best friends in the world who are, you know, some of the best who have ever done this, um, that just adds on to it. And so um I don't know what I wanted to be when I grew up. I never thought this was possible. Uh, I never thought I would have this kind of a life or, or this kind of a, a platform, of, you know, to be able to talk about the Iowa Hawkeyes as a job. One of the first things I got to do after I started at, at KXNO was, um, you know, be in the press box of an Iowa game. And like the first thing I saw when I got off the elevator in the press box was Hayden Fry. And I was like, oh, my God, Man. like this is I could die now. You know, and that was a long time ago. I've done I've done so many cool things um, in in my career that I just again it was never I never even considered any of this. And so the fact that like even you guys want to talk to me is still to this day like wild to me. Like who that I'm just some dude, right? Like I just I happen to 
grab onto this thing and it's taken to me where I am. Um, and, and so, yeah, it's, it's cool. It's fun. Um, well, but I did, I didn't want to be this when I grew up. I know that. Well, we're, we're glad that, that we could give you the recognition that you deserve by coming on this big, huge show here of old man strength. <laughs> glad that we could give your career a boost. <laughs> the the I, you know, OMS I, bump. I like right, it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, don't be surprised if you get a, a bad email on Monday. Um, <laughs> but you know, you, you said, and listen, I, not probably not on the same grand scheme and I, and I have to keep remembering that it, it, it's everybody's like dream of, of, of certain things or whatever you know i'm sitting here 52 years old <clears throat> um and two years ago when we started this we didn't know what it was going to become and next thing you know we're you know dan mccarney says yes to come on to talk to us yeah uh, you know who i idolized growing up and going to school you know and and having marcus Pfizer come on and, and now be part of our team and, and and things like that it's just things like that that you never in a million years you would think that you would would happen which is what happens when you just take a chance and you 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 go for it you know what i mean so i'm friends with keith murphy like that in and of itself i you know growing up here in des moines uh in the 90s keith murphy was was all of it right like he was the guy yeah. and I'm, i remember uh the whole thing was sports center wanted him and this was sports center was you know sports center it was when yeah. it was the, when we when we would all wake up on a Saturday or you know on a in the, like a summer morning and just watch it over and over again and just turn on espn at like 8 30 in the morning and sports center would just re-air every hour until yep. noon and um and i remember like and i still haven't really ever talked to murph about this but like I, the whole thing was hey sports center wanted him and he said no he stayed in des moines he's mm -hmm. doing sound off like he's the and and so like the fact that I even know him is still like a pinch me thing, let alone the fact that like, you know, we're good friends. He's, he's a family friend of like, we'll be friends till the day we die. Um, right. It's, it's still, uh, and you know, all those guys, like it's, it's a, it's a cool thing. Um, and, and then it, it just helps that they're all good people. And that, that's one of the cool things you realize, Oh, these are all just normal people. They all just live a life and they all have, you know, the same, insecurities that we all do and the same you know everything and and so um you just feel good about working with good people and, and at cakes i know we're very lucky when it comes to that at least locally well and quickly you know say a prayer for for keith's son uh who's you know got some <clears throat> some medical issues down there in phoenix i've been watching his posts and i certainly pray for his for his quick recovery on that so yeah, absolutely. Seems like things are, are getting better. And uh, yeah, no, you know, Keith is uh, the coolest thing about Keith is, I mean, there's a couple things. He's he's such a good dad and he's always prioritized that, or at least ever since I've known him, uh, which is, you know, 12 years now. Um, the the priority he gives to his kids and, and that part of his life is uh, has shaped me in a lot of ways. It's It's mentored me in a lot of ways. Um, and, and he's the hardest worker I know. And that's the wild thing is you, you would think he's gotten to a point where he could kind of coast and he certainly has, like, I mean, he could, if he wanted to, and he doesn't, he's the least coasting person I've ever met. Uh, he's sending me weekly, you know, articles about the industry or about social media or about, you know, radio or, you know, how to, how to improve this, how to do this. We're always trying new things. He's always thinking about, uh, 
innovating and, and what's next. And he's learning more than anybody and he's better than anybody already. Um, and so, yeah, to, to watch, I mean, he's, he is the most talented person I will ever work with. And I'm like, that's period, no matter what I do, no matter where I go, I can't, I, I don't think I will ever. And I, and a lot of people would say this, I feel like, you know, people who have gone on to quote unquote, bigger and better things would, would say this as well. Like I will never work with somebody like Murph again. And, you know, so I'm, I'm holding on to that, that as long as I can. I'm, I'm riding those coattails just as long as I can, baby. <laughs> and, you because know, he, he's the one who came up with all of it. Like he's the, he's the reason I'm AD. My the initials are obviously AD, right? But nobody's ever called me that before. And now that's like all people call me. Uh, the audio <laughs> drop of the day was his idea. Trending Iowa, throwdowns. All of the stuff that I do on that show came from him. All of the stuff that almost everybody does in his circle comes from him uh if not the initial idea itself the the kind of honing of it the 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 perfecting of it um i'm i'm literally not ad without keith murphy i'm not the producer of that show i'm not the program director of case no i probably don't have a career in this industry uh if that dude didn't didn't decide that he liked me and wanted to see me succeed and you know he's always struck me as a very like not just you know a creative or or hardworking guy, but a a very genuine guy, and b a guy who genuinely likes his job. Yeah, absolutely. And anxieties and you know all of those things, but again, again, he he works harder than anybody does. He loves doing it. Uh, he doesn't need to do most of this stuff, right? Like he doesn't need to have two jobs right now. He he certainly doesn't need to do two hours of radio, which, I mean, the way that we prep that show, he's working on that show for a couple hours a day before we go on the air. We all are. I mean, we all put a yeah. lot into that show. That's, that's why it is what it is. Um, and, and so, but yeah, he's, he's a genuine dude. He's an honest dude. He encourages everybody else to be that too. Um, you know, one of the first things he said to me was, we're not going to pretend you're not a Hawkeye fan. Like that, that is who you are. That's part of who you are. Uh, if you're, if you're, if you're biased about it, we're going to call you out on that. Uh, you know, but we like, if you try to be and in radio and especially the type of radio we do on case now, and, and I think the thing that's, uh, really doing well with podcasts right now. And, and the reason that talk radio still exists and, and is still thriving, um, is because you can kind of break through a lot of that stuff. You, you get to know people, you get to have these conversations, um, and so even though like you guys as Cyclone fans know me as a Hawkeye fan and, and maybe know me a little bit as a guy who likes to poke the bear when it comes to the Cyclones and then some stuff like that, you also know I'm, I'm a dude and I'm a dad and I'm a, you know, I, I try to be a good guy. And like, I think that's the thing that's lost in social media that is so prevalent in, uh, the type of radio we do on cakes and know the type of podcasts you guys do where it's, uh, none of us is one thing and you try to boil us down to these uh kind of boxes and and that that's where we get into a lot of trouble because none of us really fit in those boxes we're all we're all very complicated people so so yep. speaking of of complicated um uh, we have a very complicated question that we ask our guests and this one is brought to us by our friend kyle layman at Wintrust mortgage Andrew, you have said that you have listened to this podcast in the past so i hope that you're prepared for this uh, but I also hope that you're not prepared for this. So, Chris, why don't you go ahead and ask him 
our Wintrust question. Are you in the market for a new house and unsure of the mortgage process? Want to know that you have someone looking out for you? Kyle Lehman from Wintrust Mortgage is a down-to-earth, knowledgeable lender who can be there for you in your corner. He can work with you in any of the 50 states and is just what you need to expand your home search. Kyle will work with you through the entire process with little to no work from you. Take the worry of the mortgage process out of the equation so that you can focus on looking for your dream home. Contact Kyle at www.wintrust.com forward slash Kyle dash Lehman or call him at 515-473-0546. So uh, it's, a, it's a question we asked the majority of our guests. Um, you've done a, a lot of growing up, certainly uh, being a father in the last 10 years and, and, and your job changes and, and things like that. What is what is 2022 Andrew Downs go back and tell 2012 Andrew Downs a p one piece of advice? Don't worry about it because I find myself uh, getting caught up in the anxieties of the moment and then looking back and realizing oh like so what I what I always try to remind myself is what I'm worried about about today a year from now is going to seem silly and a year from now i'll be just as worried as i am right now right i'll I'll have just as much anxiety but it'll be about something completely different and so that tells me that i shouldn't give too much merit to whatever it is i'm worrying about today even if it feels like a big thing even if it feels like the end of the world right it's most likely and obviously this is within context right this is kind of small potato daily anxieties um, but yeah, that, that's, I think the advice I give is, you know, just don't worry about it. It's all going to turn out. Okay. You're going to turn 40 and feel good about everything. And you know, you're, Oh no, 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 no. I'm sorry, Andrew. I regret to inform <laughs> you that it is all down here from there. No, the, after, the, the after 40, I, you can't feel good about anything. The advice I give myself <laughs> is, uh, don't, don't trust Brian Ferentz with your offer. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, I love it. So in, in the spirit of don't worry about it, I'm going to pivot into this last little segment and then we're, we're, we'll get you out of here, here. Um, Judy, your wife is uh, part of the Polk County Democrats who I absolutely um, have the utmost respect for, because you talk about somebody that has no filter and no, and, and, and works in the trenches for the better part and for the good. Um, do you find it sometimes you, you take a little bit of heat sometimes online, uh, and, and, and defend her a little bit? Is it hard to do that? Is it hard to take a criticism of her with you when you have such a, a public persona? Because if it was me, I'd be much more angrier than you seem to be about it sometimes. It's, uh, so it's a thing that we both have had to learn about each other is, um, try not to take a whole lot of offense on behalf of the other person. That's a, it's a difficult thing. She gets more upset about people who come at me than I do. And I get more <laughs> upset about people who come at her than, than she does. Right. Because to her, it's like, it's water off her back. It's like, okay, I know it's not true, whatever it is. And to me, it's like, ah, that's my wife. You know, it's like, and that's how I right. want to act. Um, and it's vice versa. Like she, she gets pissed at people on my behalf. Right. And I'm like, ah, don't worry. Like, why are you worrying about that? Um, what I learned very early in my relationship with Judy is that she doesn't need anybody to defend her. 
Um, <laughs> she, yeah, she, she's got it covered. And in fact, I'll probably sound kind of like an idiot when I, when I try to do it. Um, <laughs> she's like, and so, no, trust me, I don't need your yeah. help. Can you, can you <laughs> yeah. stop? You she make it speak for herself. Your and, mouth. <laughs> and honestly, like, she could speak on my behalf for you know for all i care like i'd I'd, I'd, like that's the way this arrangement would go if it went one way or the other um but no it it is it is hard we we do both live public lives uh we are both you know at times outspoken about about different things um and you know you open yourself up to that and it's it's harder when it's in like real life than it is when it's on social media uh but that and and that's much more with her I, i get very few people almost nobody will ever come up to me and tell me they don't like me now people will say things that they think are compliments that really aren't um but that's different than like telling me they don't like me right she gets death threats you know what i mean like she has no, like I, she lives in a, a different it's I've a different thing and so across online that's that's why i yeah. asked because i, I think yeah she, right exactly i well i mean if you get a chance to tell her i admire her because she does not back down and uh she's in I I thoroughly believe that the local politics and the local races are more crucial now than in any time in our history because I think that the more and more that we don't pay attention to these smaller races and we let people in that are on the extreme and I and I will be brutally honest and say on both sides because there are some extreme yeah. I had a I had an argument with a guy today on twitter who was like uh, i'm gonna call into the cyclone reaction show and i'm just gonna point blank ask jack whitfer about the allegations and blah 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 and i was like you're an idiot like yeah you are so right. far on the fringe that you're just giving the rest of us nobody's gonna listen to your narrative you have an agenda you know, Chris, I think right now the political landscape is largely uh, defined by subtlety and nuance. So I don't know that I. <laughs> I know, right? It's a hellscape, man. It's yeah, I know. It's, it's wild. But no, you're right. I mean, local elections are more important than they've ever been. It's it's um, it's where this type of kind of governing is is done, and um. And it's also the place you can make such a big impact. And that's like the, the thing I've admired a lot about my wife and, and what she's done is she wasn't in politics eight years ago. Uh, you know, it was the, the 2016 election. And like we went to the caucus, we had our newborn son you know, strapped mm-hmm. to her chest and she wrote, she raised her hand and she spoke out. And she moved people and she changed people's minds. And we walked out of there and it was like, I made a difference tonight and it wasn't that hard. And maybe right. I should try to do this more. And, and what it, it, it turns out that especially at the local level, it's the people who show up that determine what happens. And there's a lot of really good people, I'm sure on both sides that, that are showing up and doing that work. And a lot of people who just don't pay attention to it at all uh, and aren't plugged in at all. And so that's such an important part of our political landscape that gets so overlooked by, by so many. Um, and it is incredibly important and it's hard and it's not fun. You know, like being in politics right now is not fun. My wife was on the school board. She got elected to the school board in what, 2017. And it was, you know, to, to try to improve the schools for our kids and the community we right. live in. Right. And then 
three years later, it becomes the most political position you can hold. And again, she's getting <laughs> death threats and protests right. and, you know, Facebook groups named anti, anti her, you know what I mean? Well, it's like it's all that it just, race theory. That, that yeah, sure right. Exactly. Yeah. It just, it gets, it gets so toxic that it, it drives the good people out of it. And that's, that's a shame because that's, it is so important. That's the problem is, is that I, the good people leave and what's that leave? I, I'm, I, I'm a registered Democrat, and I am. Uh, I was ready to vote Republican in 2016 until, I mean, Ted Cruz looked like a legitimate option to people, and then that was a scary enough, and you know, that was scary enough. Uh, um, yeah. You know, the Warren yeah, things have gotten weird. Yeah. Things have gotten weird. Right. Well, I mean, when when Ted Cruz looks like a normal candidate, you you've got serious problems. <laughs> uh, but. The Warren County Democrats down here, I literally had to go look and see who was running for for Iowa Senate or for Iowa congressman in my district today because I didn't know. And that's a failure on the Democratic Party. And I and I've said before, I think sometimes not that's I think part of again the reason why I admire her so much is because she has not thrown up her hands and says, Well, we're we're in a red state, so you know, we're not going to win. And I think that that's happened a lot in some of these rural areas, even just outside of Des Moines. Norwalk yeah. is not represented. I have no idea who that person is. I went to go look. She doesn't have a Twitter account. She doesn't have a campaign account for her Twitter account. She doesn't have anything. I, frankly, I if I want, frankly, if I had to represent Norwalk, I'd want to be as anonymous as possible as well. <laughs> okay. No. All right. <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd live in a different district like Jack Whipper. <laughs> oh funny okay well you know what we have andrew we have taken up enough we do have one last segment that i think we really need to it's a brand new segment uh we've only on had on here i just is this our well i guess it's it's our second but this is our first official sponsored sponsored segment yes our sponsored segment uh what sponsored yes sponsored uh by steph copley this is the stuff the stuff copley shut the f up segment where i love it and i just shut up and let our guest talk uh this this is a sponsorship but this is also meant to support uh the young women's resource center uh so uh, this is your opportunity andrew to talk about anything and everything you want and we'll just we'll just shut the f up Hey everybody, it's Steph Copley, the woman behind the STFU segment on the Old Man Strength Podcast. When I told the guys I wanted to sponsor this segment, they recommended that I make a charitable donation instead, so that's what I did. I chose the Young Women's Resource Center in Des Moines, Iowa. They're a nonprofit that supports, educates, and advocates for girls and young women ages 10 to 24. Their whole goal is to make sure that these young women become strong, self-confident, and successful. And if you know me at all, you know that aligns with my goals as well. If you're interested and would like to donate, check them out at ywrc.com. Org and donate today. And remember, don't forget to STFU and listen every once in a while. Thanks. Let me tell you why Brian Ferentz is a great offensive coordinator. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. You're, fade, oh, you're fading out really quick. I, I, hold on, the audio. I need a good producer. The audio is not working. T- testing testing the, the limits of that already. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. We're supposed to shut the F up. I'm sorry. No. Steph is awesome. That that's awesome that she's doing that. I love her podcast, Title Nine, with Elisa Woods on the Cycle Fanatic Network. They're they're fantastic. 
she uh co-hosted murph and andy just like a week and a half ago or so a couple of weeks ago yeah with emery and they did a fantastic job she's yeah she's she is great and uh and yeah is a good representative of you guys as, as cyclone fans um yeah i guess i don't i don't have a ton to say other than that uh i believe the hawkeyes will beat iowa state in basketball in uh in both facets this year um whatever the streak is in wrestling will continue um so regardless of what happened on the football field in iowa city a couple of months ago it, it's it remains a hawkeye state and uh and and i i can go to sleep well tonight knowing that okay well money well spent on that (laughs) (laughs) that's all i could do not to respond to that thank you steph i appreciate it (laughs) oh andrew that was fantastic i'm not even mad that was was so good i can see where the the trend's gonna go here now Uh, we know we'll win the baseball game Yes. Wow. Wow. That one, that one stings a lot. Um, excellent. Well, uh, Andrew, thank you very much. Thank very you much. This, this, this has a been a fun. fun one. Uh, I love chat with you. I really hope that you, uh, will come back and chat with us again sometime. Anytime guys. Any, uh, I love what you guys are doing. I'm proud of the, the three beers media thing. Like, you guys are doing the right thing right now. You're, you're doing all the right things. It's growing. It's, it's really cool to see. Um, you know, the, I'm of the opinion that more of this stuff is, is better, even though it competes with some of the other things I do in, in some level, like you know, a, a rising tide raises all the boats, more local podcasts, more of this kind of stuff, more Hawkeye and cycling content. It's all good. This is uh this is great. So I appreciate the kind of uh, place in this space that you guys hold right now. It's, it's really cool to see. Oh, that is high praise and not anything where I will ever edit anything out of context whatsoever. (laughs) (laughs) No, we appreciate it. We appreciate you listeners for hanging out with us for a a bit of a long one, but a good one. Some, a a lot of great stuff. Again, thank you very much for listening to old man strength and all of the three beards media content. Please go ahead and check us out online threebeardsmedia.com that is three spelled out t-h-r-e-e where you can get links to all of our other content come visit us on twitter at strength underscore old because chris is underscore old and couldn't pick out a better name (laughs) he is my grad side dad i am tim johnson mn andrew where can people find you online uh at andrew c downs Perfect. So please go ahead and check him out. And with that, Chris, do you have anything else? Let's go. All right. Well, then we will see you guys next time. 